We are on Yevamos Samach Aleph Omer Aleph in the middle 61a, in the middle of the Gemara. We are starting a new Mishnah. Uh, once again, our learning should be a merit for the complete and speedy recovery for Avichaim ben Chava. We are starting a new Mishnah. This Mishnah relates a little bit to the previous Mishnah and it also relates uh, to a discussion that we've had in the past. Um, about different scenarios of Yibum and when Yibum would apply, when Yibum would not apply, but it also connects to who the Kohen Gadol can marry, which is why it is mentioned uh, in this uh, in this daf and on this Mishnah. So it's a short Mishnah with a very short Gemara, and then we will start the next Mishnah and the beginning of the next Gemara. So the Mishnah says, Kohen Gadol Shemes, Echav, Cholitz Miyabim. The Mishnah says that if you have a Kohen Gadol who's married and he passes away, so then his brother, Rashi explains that his brother then becomes the Kohen Gadol. And so essentially you have a scenario here where uh, the Kohen Gadol has to do Yibam Chalitza and his sister-in-law is clearly somebody who is a widow. Her husband passed away. The entire uh, situation, the entire scenario of a potential Yibam is where, uh, by definition, is where she's a widow. Um, and so the Kohen Gadol cannot do uh, Yibam with her. Uh, because there's a prohibition for the Kohen Gadol to marry a widow. So he cannot do Yibam, and the Mishnah says he can't do Yibam. Rather, he would have to do Chalitza. Now, this whole idea of a Shomeris Yavam, that in the scenario where there's this uh, potential for Yibam, and we say you don't do Yibam, that already we had in the previous Mishnah. So what exactly is this Mishnah coming to add? So Tosos asks that question. One of the classic commentators asks a question. He says, no, the purpose of our Mishnah is to tell us that he does do Chalitza, that he's the Kohen Gadol, and even though he's the Kohen Gadol, he still does Chalitza, even though part of the process of Chalitza, which we have not yet uh, fully explained, that will come up later on in the tractate, what exactly do you do by Chalitza, but part of it is a bit, uh, it's a, you, you spit, and so therefore it is, one could have thought that it's uh degrading to the Kohen Gadol, to the high priest to be involved in that process. And the point of the Mishnah is to tell us that no, that really the Kohen Gadol, the high priest, could be involved in this process. Okay, so now the Gemara says as follows. Kapasik Fatani. The Mishnah says that any scenario where the Kohen Gadol passes away and then his brother becomes the Kohen Gadol, the Mishnah does not differentiate between a scenario where the Kohen Gadol was only halachically engaged, it was an Erisin, um, and it doesn't differentiate whether it was also a case of where he was actually married. It doesn't make it, it doesn't differentiate between the two. Implication being that in either scenario, the when the Kohen Gadol passes away and then his brother becomes the Kohen Gadol, that we do not do Yibam. So the Gemara says, I understand Bishlam and I understand that if they were actually married, so then Yibam is a positive commandment. And now this gets back to our discussion that we had at the very beginning of the entire tractate. What happens if you have a clash between a positive commandment and the violation of a negative commandment? So here there's a positive commandment to do Yibam, that really you should go ahead and do Yibam. And then what is there? There's a negative commandment, but not just a negative commandment, but there's both a negative commandment and the violation of a positive commandment. What is the negative commandment? The negative commandment is for the Kohen Gadol, for the high priest to marry a widow. But there's also the violation of a positive commandment because it's during when they were married. So now we assume that the 
sister-in-law is no longer a basula. She's no longer a virgin. And there's a positive commandment for the Kohen Gadol, for the high priest, to marry somebody who is a basula, somebody who is a virgin. So this would be a violation, if they were to do Yibam, this would be a violation of the Kohen Gadol marrying a widow and somebody who is no longer a basula, no longer a virgin. And so the positive commandment, when we have a positive commandment, i.e. the mitzvah of Yibam, for them to fulfill the mitzvah of Yibam, uh, when it comes in a clash with the violation of both a negative commandment and a positive commandment of a basula, marrying a basula, that we can understand the the positive commandment of Yibam does not override that. And that applies if they were actually married. However, what about in the following scenario where they're only halakhically engaged, they weren't married, so okay, so she's viewed as a widow. That's only the violation of a negative commandment. But... Uh, she, we, we assume that she's not, that she's still a basula. We assume that she's still a virgin. They were only halakhically engaged. Let's assume that they did not get engaged through bia, through sexual relations. They got engaged, let's say, through the giving of a ring. And then they are not allowed to have uh, marital relations uh, during that time period. So then she's still a basula. She still is a virgin. So what we have here is a clash between the mitzvah of Yibam, which is a positive commandment, and the violation of a negative commandment of and that's it. Just a violation of a negative commandment of the Kohen Gadol, the high priest, marrying a widow. So why don't we say, in general, we say the positive commandment overrides the violation of a negative commandment. So you should do you should do Yibam. So the Gemara answers, and we've had this discussion before, the Gemara answers, no, it's true. When it comes to having matter relations the first time, but doing Yibam the first time, you're right, the positive commandment should override the negative commandment. The problem is, is that after you fulfill the mitzvah of Yibam and now you're married, so any future time that you have marital relations would be a violation. Because any future time that you have marital relations, it's no longer fulfilling the mitzvah of Yibam. The mitzvah of Yibam is done. You already did it. All it is is a violation of a negative commandment of having marital relations, of having sexual relations between the high priest, the Kohen Gadol, and the widow. And that's a violation without any uh, counter of a positive commandment, of fulfilling a, a positive mitzvah. And so therefore, we're going to say, you know what, don't do Yibam, because it's true, you could do Yibam the first time, but then any time thereafter, you're not allowed to have marital relations, because it's a violation of a negative commandment. So we say, don't do Yibam to begin with, because then you're going to come to end up violating a negative commandment when there is no mitzvah of Yibam. The mitzvah of Yibam is just a one-time shot. It's just, it happens at the very beginning when you first fulfill the mitzvah, when you first uh, get married. Uh, but any future time would just be the violation of a negative commandment. So we say, don't do Yibam to begin with, because then you're going to end up we're concerned that you're going to end up violating a negative commandment because you're not allowed to have matter relations uh, thereafter. Okay, so that is the reason of the Gemara to explain why whether it doesn't make a difference, even if uh, the Kohen Gadol was only uh, halachically engaged to his wife, we still say that if he when he passes away, that the brother who becomes the Kohen Gadol, he becomes the high priest also, so then he's not allowed to do Yibam whether they were married or whether they were halachically, only halachically engaged. Okay. New Mishnah. This new Mishnah will begin a discussion of Peru Uruvu, which we're going to see, we're going to discuss this at length. There's a mitzvah of Peru Uruvu that uh, that, uh, a man has an obligation to have children. And so the Mishnah will begin to have this discussion. Because of this Mishnah, we will elaborate on this, not in this recording, but it will be elaborated upon in the future, in, in the Gemara, as we will see shortly in future recordings. But the Mishnah says as follows: Kohen hedot lo yisa islandis elaim kain yesh lo ishu ubanim. Essentially, if there's a woman who is not able to have children, she's an islandis. She's not able to have children. 
It says here in the Mishnah that a Kohen, even a regular, we're not discussing the Kohen Gadol anymore, the high priest, we're discussing a regular Kohen. We say a Kohen is not allowed uh, to marry uh, to marry her if she's not able to have children. Why not? Uh, unless, unless he already has children, or if he's married to somebody else who has the potential to have children. Why not? So we'll see in the Gemara that this is really not limited to the Kohen, it's really anybody. And the reason is because every man has an obligation to have children. And so therefore, they're not allowed to marry somebody who does not have that potential to have children, unless they already have children, or they they have a second wife who has the potential to have children. But other than that, they're not allowed to marry somebody who does not have that potential to have children. Um, now, Tosos, the commentators, do, do point out that they are allowed to marry a katana, let's say, um, a young girl there. We, we find cases where they're allowed to marry somebody under the age of 12, but that's because they'll have the potential to have children in the future. Um, but we say this is not really just something which is unique to a Kohen. This really applies across the board to everybody. They are not allowed to marry somebody who uh, cannot have children unless they already have children or they have a, they're married uh, to two wives and one of the wives is uh, does have the potential to have children. The reason why it says Kohen here is really in contrast to the second opinion, as we will see in the Gemara. Rabbi Yehuda is the second opinion. Rabbi Yehuda is the opinion that for a Kohen, even if he has children, or even let's say he's married to somebody else who has the potential to have children, even so, if it's a Kohen, the Kohen cannot marry somebody who does not have the potential to have children ever, even if they already have children. Why? Because we know, we've discussed this in the past, there's a separate prohibition for any Kohen, not just the Kohen Gadol, not just the high priest, but for any Kohen, they are not allowed uh, to marry somebody who is a Zona. They cannot marry somebody who is a Zona. Now, what is the definition of a Zona is something that we'll discuss in the next recording. But we know that you're not allowed to marry somebody who is a Zona. Rabbi Yehuda is of the opinion that who is a Zona? A Zona is somebody who's not able to have children. That's what that's Rabbi Yehuda's definition. Somebody who cannot who cannot have children. The Chachamim Omrim, the Chachamim argue on Rabbi Yehuda, and they say, no, that's not the definition of a Zona. A Zona, the definition of Zona is only somebody who was a convert, which is something that we've discussed in last week's recording. Somebody who converts who was previously not Jewish, so then they are a Zona, why we discussed in the past. Or let's say they are a non-Jewish slave who becomes free, very similar scenario. Or anybody who has a uh, prohibitive is uh, who had um, sexual relations, prohibitive sexual relations, um, and anybody who did who engaged in prohibitive sexual relations. So then they are also deemed as a zona and a regular coin. Even a regular coin cannot marry such a person. A Yisrael, somebody who's not a coin, could marry a zona, but specifically a coin cannot marry a zona. And we'll discuss this in greater detail in the uh, next recording. The Gemara, so that's the end of the Mishnah. So essentially the Mishnah first said, the first opinion says that nobody's allowed to marry an islandist, somebody who's not able to have children unless they themselves have children or they're married to somebody else who they have the potential to have children. Rebuta says that a regular Kohen can never marry somebody who cannot have children because they're defined as a Zona. And the Chachamim say that, no, that's not the definition of a Zona. The definition of a Zona is something else. So Gemara says, Amr Rish Galusa Ravuna. Rish Galusa asked Ravuna, my time, Mishum, my time. What's the reason that we say that a person cannot marry an island as somebody who's not able to have children? Mishum Prayavrivya. A Prayavrivya. Kohanim would do Mifkadi. Vishal lo Mifkadi. He says, if if it's about Pruvu, there's a mitzvah Pruvu to procreate, 
That doesn't apply only to Kohanim. So why does the Mishnah only say it's only in the context of a Kohen? This applies, the mitzvah of Peruvu, of procreation, applies to everybody. So Omar lay, so Rav Huna says back to him, no, you're right. Mishim de Kabay, Lomis, they say, if I read the Omar, Ava, Bisha, Isha, 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 Banim, Lo Yisa, Islandis, She Zona, Hamura, Batora, Da Zona, Kohanim, Hudimikadiv, Israel, Lomifim, Mishim, Haki, Katani, Kohen. He responds back by saying that the only reason why we have Kohen in the Mishnah, you're right, it applies across the board, not just to a Kohen, but applies to everybody. Nobody can marry somebody who doesn't have the potential to have children unless they already have children or they are married to somebody else who uh, who has the potential to have children. The reason why we mention Kohen is really in contrast to the next opinion, to the position of Rabbi Yehuda, which is unique to Kohanim, that Rabbi Yehuda is of the opinion that a Kohen, even if they already have children, is not allowed to marry an islandist because he views an islandist, somebody who can't have children, as a zona. Okay, so let's see a few more lines in... In the Gemara. Amar Rav Huna. Rav Huna says, My time is Rabbi Huda. What is the source? Where, where does Rabbi Huda come from to say that a zona is somebody who cannot have uh, children? So he says, Dechsev, because the verse says, In Oshea, V'achul V'lo Yispo, Hiznu V'lo Yifritzu. Um, that they ate and they were not satiated. Hiznu, they were, same language of Hiznu of, of, uh, of a zona, they straight away below Yifritsu and they did not spread out. They weren't porates. They did not spread out. Implication is that his new znus is when a person does not have the ability to spread out. They don't have the ability to have children. And so therefore, because of this verse, uh Rabbi Yehuda says, Kobia She'ain Bapirza Ainu Elabilas Znus. Um any bia, any uh, act of sexual relations where it doesn't have the potential uh, to uh, to 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 procreate. If they uh, any any scenario like that is a scenario of a zona, and therefore a kohen cannot marry a zona. Again, Tosos points out. We mentioned this before that this does not apply to. Um, a kitana to somebody who is a minor because she has the potential to procreate. Um, and he says that it's limited only to cases where well, this zona, the status of a zona is limited to cases where they never have the potential to procreate. So it, would be, it wouldn't include somebody who, let's say, is older, who can no longer have children, but they were able to have children before, or to a kitana or to somebody who is uh, a minor and is not able to have children because of their age. And this is limited to a scenario where she's an islandess, where because of various reasons she's not, she's never able to have uh, children. Okay, that is the position of Rabbi Yehuda. The Gemara, we'll see in the next recording, we'll stop here, but in the next recording, we'll discuss this uh, further, uh, and we'll discuss um, what exactly, the different opinions uh, as to who is a zona and who is not a zona. There are more opinions than just the opinions that we saw in the Mishnah.